Hey, this is Christy. Thanks for joining me today. I am doing another wonderful podcast with one of my clients and friends, Lawrence. Lawrence is an attorney, and I, as you all know, I love sharing different techniques and tools with people and how they did things. And, you know, I help people, but I also teach them things, and then they take it and they go do it their own way. <laughs> so it's always good to hear how other people do it. So, hey, Lawrence, how are you? I'm good, Christy. How are you? Great, great, great. I often tell Lawrence's story, it's a really cool story, about how he doubled his income working less hours. So is it true, Lawrence, that you doubled your income? Yes, it is. So how many hours were you working? Pretty much a traditional 40. Okay. And then how many did you cut it down to? Uh, more like 20. Awesome. <laughs> so you worked half the time? <laughs> and made twice as much. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, will you tell our listeners how you did that? Well, I've used many of your techniques, but um, primarily the you know blessings of light. And at your uh, suggestion, as funny as it sounds, I actually thought every day of asking blessings for our filing cabinet because in our office that kind of represents our work and workload. And I would. Uh, do that every day, and uh, fairly quickly, our workload increased substantially and stayed there. But on a daily basis, I would just consciously bless the office and the practice and the people I work with and uh, the filing cabinets, and uh, also, at your suggestion, came up with a monthly monetary goal we wanted to hit, and it all occurred fairly quickly. Okay, so for those listening, some people go, well, when you're blessing, what did you actually do? Like, did you visualize things in your mind, or did you send energy out your heart? Like, what, what worked for you the most? I actually imagined in my mind uh, having, like, a staff or scepter of light, and I would actually visualize going through the office and touching the filing cabinets with that you know, staff of light and, you know, my clients and my coworkers and, you know, the office itself. That was the visualization tool that I used. And I also created a little affirmation for myself that each month, you know, we would grow so much per month, you know, with ease, joy, and consciousness. So, Lawrence, how long did it take you to get the income to double? How many months? It was, uh, I would say it was about three to four months, maybe as much as, as six, but it started increasing almost immediately. Right, so you could actually see it would work. And so you saw things happening in the office that you might not have seen before, getting more business and such, right? We started getting more files almost immediately. Okay. So, Lawrence, you shared with me some interesting reactions that you had with your business partner. <laughs> Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, I think for quite a while she had a hard time grasping how I was working less and we were making more money. And it actually took quite a while, but since then, and it's probably been a couple of years, she used to work even more hours than I did, and I think she finally got the download because now she actually leaves a little bit early every day and is using more of her vacation and actually working less herself. So I think she finally, without my specifically telling her about it, I think she 
writing and kind of embraced it herself. It's so inspiring to see that you could help your partner in that way by modeling an example about how she could live her life differently because you now were. So that must have felt great to you. Yeah, that's been an awesome thing. Yeah, before all this, you were pretty stressed. I'm sure that's how you would probably label it, right? Hey, we also worked a little bit on some health issues with you, Lawrence. Would you mind if we talk about that a little bit? I think it's really inspiring to some people to know that pure working with energy can literally change health issues that they have going on. I was. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it at all. I had some issues with uh, some uh, vasovagal syncope, these kind of attacks that I'd had since I was 17. And in working with you and asking for those uh, same blessings on my nervous system, you know, the guide assured me that, you know, over the course of a year, they would finally stop altogether, uh, which they have. I haven't had one in almost two years now, I think. Wow. Um, I had some weight issues I wanted to deal with, and I've lost um, 30 pounds. The guide uh, suggested that I take up yoga. Uh, and, and so I took up yoga again and am now doing it uh, three years next month. Um, uh, it um, really helped with strength and flexibility and cardio, and so my health is much better. My doctor has been consistently amazed. I think within six months or eight months that I have the best numbers that he had probably seen in 15 or 20 years. Wow. I've gotten off several medications I was on. So to clear this up a little bit for people who are listening, can you tell us again what the first thing you had was? Like, what is that called? What's it about? The vasovagal syncope. Yeah, like, so you were on medications for all that, right? To sort of help that? Uh, I I was, but even with those, I would still have attacks periodically. And, of course, nobody knew really what caused them or created them. Right, right. And then when we got to the root of it, I mean, it, it was like emotional, right? I mean, that's what I remember. Right, and just that my, you know, nervous system needed to be rewired a little bit, which you asked them to do, and they did. And when he's saying we asked them to do, we were just, you know, when I work with people, I'm obviously talking to the higher part of him, his higher self, and I'm talking to his guides, and uh, that's where we get the information so that we know what to do. So all that information is accessible. And the cool thing is, is Lawrence really actually knows how to do pretty much everything I can do. I mean, you know, I mean, that's how I look at it, and you apply it in your daily life as well. Is that true? I do on a daily basis. I uh, try to meditate every day, whether it's just on my own or, you know, using some readings to get me started. I'm, you know, very aware that if there's something in my life I'm not happy with, that I can make another choice and make a choice for what I want and then, you know, ask that that, you know, occur and just, you know, use all the techniques that you taught me. So let's paint a better picture for people so that they can understand what can truly happen for people within a couple of years, and themselves included. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being your manifestations totally worked, where on the scale do you think you were when we first started working with each other? Maybe a 5 or a 6. Yeah, because you're successful and you had a pretty good life, according to most people's standards. You know, I've always, you know, thanks to my parents, they were very forward-thinking 
and, you know, I can honestly say I've always been very blessed and, you know, but I would say it worked about half, half the time. Okay. And so now that you have like a little more conscious control over it and you know how it all works, because I think probably what, for a lot of people, they don't know how it works. And if they knew how it worked, then they'd go do it. So I think that also helps us with certainty. So now probably when you go, you say, hey, universe, I want you to bring me X, Y, Z. What do you think your number is now? I would say somewhere between a nine and a ten. Wow. <laughs> That's great. I actually heard Wayne Dyer talk about that one time that most of his manifestations kind of show up. And I thought, wow, how cool would that be? This was, you know, a little bit before my spiritual path. And I read that and I was like, wow, that'd be amazing. So you have a lot of people who love you, Lawrence. How would your friends and those close to you, how would they say that you're different if they looked at your life two years ago till now? But I'm much uh, more calm and peaceful and joyous and happy and uh, I think they would also say, because they've said it to me, that I have a tremendous influence on their life. You know, the increase in energy in me and the happiness and joy um, seems to be very helpful to other people. Yeah, they probably feel something different in you that they don't think that they have for themselves. Do they often come to you with, like, their problems or things like that? They do, and I've, I had one friend who uh, was having, you know, financial difficulties, and he um, was making his living delivering yachts and taking people out on his own boat for trips, and he was going to, you know, lose his... Um, boat, and I remember one night he was trying to sell some extra, you know, trips, and I just gave him some money for one of the trips and said I wouldn't be going, but I just wanted to help him and suggested to him that, you know, he was a beautiful soul and could make another choice, and if he would just, you know, visualize what he wants, it would come to him to abundance, and since then he's started a positive living business and working as a motivational fighter and just completely turned his life around and said that was just a really pivotal moment for him. Wow, that's awesome. How long ago is that? Almost two years. Wow, he got a whole new life just from you being in your power, knowing what to say to him and kind of loving him enough to do that. It's kind of like multi-level marketing for consciousness. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I've really learned you know, the universe, you know, and the, the guides are so powerful, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to do a lot to do that with somebody. It's just, you know, being attuned to, you know, what they need to hear at the time they need to hear it. And sometimes it's nothing more than, you know, a smile and a kind word and, you know, a simple suggestion to really turn somebody's life around. So what other stories or big ahas could you share with us to illustrate, you know, what it's done for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that offhand I can think of another specific story, but, but I think what I'd want to convey is that sometimes people think that doing that, you know, requires a lot of hard work and, you know, they need, you know, work for a charity or join a civic group or spend hours and hours a week. And I think, you know, what I learned uh, from you and started applying in my own life is that, you know, things are actually easy and not hard and doing that for other people doesn't require a lot of work. Sometimes it's nothing more than smile at the right time or, you know, a kind word or a hand on the shoulder or, you 
know, just a very simple suggestion can send powerful ripples through people's lives and in the universe. And that it's not hard; it's easy, and it you know doesn't require a lot. So it must feel really good you helping others in this capacity. Yeah. So you were earlier talking about happiness and how you make a new choice for happiness. Can you illustrate for us a little bit more about what that entails and how you do it? Well, I, you know, I had always believed since I was young that, you know, 99% of what happens to us is our own, you know, doing or choices or, you know, our own responsibility. But I think what, you know, you help teach me is that we can, you know, actually do something about that 99% and probably do something about the 1%. Um, as well. So I think what you did for me is make me conscious and understand that, you know, any of that that I didn't like or wasn't happy with could be changed. So what that did for me is it just made me much more conscious on a moment-to-moment basis as to how I feel. And if I'm happy and joyous and peaceful and content, then that's great. But you know, if I have any emotions uh, that uh, I don't like, whether it's, you know, fear, anger, disappointment, or whatever, then I look inside, you know, my own body and energy field and say, you know, what choice could I make? What, you know, do I want? What do I need? What could I, you know, have, you know, to change that to a higher, you know, more positive vibration? Because sometimes I think what's really hard for people is not even necessarily understanding that they can um, make a choice and change things, but figuring out what it is they want or need so that they can then make that choice. And I think by actually looking at myself and saying, okay, what is it that's, you know, causing this negativity and what should I bring into my life to, you know, vibrate at a higher level, as you talked about, has made it easier for me to identify the choices that I want to make that are going to bring me joy and happiness and peace and contentment. Yeah, and then plus you're asking questions and you're you're willing to ask questions and kind of take care of yourself, you know? So that's, that's what I think. What I'm hearing you also say is you're willing to ask questions and figure it out. You're not willing to just, like, stay with the feeling and say, oh, I'm depressed, you actually take awareness, take light, take consciousness, ask some questions about how something can be different, and then your guidance system, your soul, your higher self just kind of takes over and brings new awareness to you. Correct. Yeah, so I think that's powerful, just you know, bringing awareness to, to things and loving yourself enough to <laughs> ask a really good question. What can it take for me to be happy? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. So it's affected your money. It's affected your body. It's affected your well-being. Is there any other kind of thing that you feel like it's affected? Well, I know when I first started talking to you, I was having a relationship issue, um, and it's also really done a lot to improve that and to put that back in state of joy and happiness, and been a tremendous you know tool for that relationship as well. Would you say, because a lot of people have, you know, there's relationships, I say, are one of the hardest things to do because, you know, 
when you do a relationship, all your family energy that you may not have handled when you're growing up and all hurt and all heartbreak and all old love stuff that's never been resolved, we can sometimes bring all that junk into a relationship. <laughs> so when you look at a relationship now versus when you looked at the relationship before, just, you know, from the viewpoint of a totally responsible being and what I bring to the table is different. What do you think you bring different to the table in the relationship that you weren't bringing before? I think probably the most important thing uh, that you taught me is to recognize how much that we can be guided. And that if, uh, and again, like you said, it's about asking the right questions. I think previously, kind of act more impulsively and, you know, act, you know, completely based on my feelings. And now I tend to be a little bit more thoughtful and I'll ask in the moment, you know, what, what do I need or what should I, you know, do in this, you know, situation and just letting the guidance come in. You know, whether it's from, you know, my higher power or the guides or the universe, you know, I think we all recognize that, you know, voice uh, in our head, you know, that comes from that better place. So I think the number one thing is just, you know, asking for that, you know, guidance and receiving it and acting on it. You know, I really respect that about you, Lawrence, because how you've moved into doing relationship is a lot different than a lot of people. You know, a lot of people project their stuff onto the other person or blame the other person or, you know, do any of those kind of drama things. But what you're willing to do is, I mean, I really see this in you, is that you love her as she is, see everything that you like and maybe don't like in the moment about her but you really don't judge her uh you respect her and you just ask kind of what's your job to do in the moment and if it's not your job and it's her stuff you just let her have her stuff you know you know what I mean like there's this really deep unconditional loving respect that you bring to the table which I think is really admirable well thank you very much but but I think what you know, working with you helped me to learn upon reflection is that our biggest block to being non-judgmental and to love unconditionally is that we find it so hard to be non-judgmental with ourselves and to love ourselves unconditionally. And I think that's because so many of us, uh, even if we do take responsibility for our own stuff, so to put, so to put it, then our next step is to judge ourselves for that and to not love ourselves for that. And I think, you know, when you combine that with the concept of, you know, if you're not happy or you're sad or you're depressed or something's not going the way you want, if you take the next step, you know, and ask what you can do to make that change, it it helps you to learn not to judge yourself. You just recognize that, you know, having some of those negative emotions is part of being human. But also, part of being human is to be able to ask the questions and to change that for ourselves. And I think the more that we can be non-judgmental uh, about ourselves and unconditionally love ourselves, the easier it is to be non-judgmental with the people in our lives and unconditionally love them. Yeah, so what's popping in my head when you're talking about that is, 
So anybody who's ever been in pain or has disease or has some sort of thing that happens all the time that they don't feel like they have control over, like for instance, with you, Lawrence, like when you're passing out because you're, you know, your thing's happening, you don't feel like you're in control, I would assume, right? Would you say that's true? Yeah. And so, so when that happens and you don't feel like you have control over something, there's a part of us I've noticed as a pattern in people is that we feel kind of pathetic or something, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, because we don't feel like we're in control of that. So how did you sort of get unconditionally loving with yourself about that? Well, I think like most people in that situation, especially when, you know, nobody could really come up with a reason or a cause or whatever, was I would always think, you know, why is this happening to me? And what am I doing wrong? And what, what have I done to, you know, bring this on myself? And when I started changing and started saying, how can I fix this? And, you know, what choices can I make in my life to, to fix this and, you know, to bring me healing, then that took all the judgment out of it. It was just an acceptance of what was and just asking, how can I, can I fix it? And I think, you know, all of us at times when, we look at a situation, um, you know, and our point of view is this is not good or this is bad, you know, that, you know, understandably we just kind of do a why or a, you know, woe is me kind of thing, which I think encompasses some judgment. But I think what, what you taught me is don't necessarily focus on the wow, but just, you know, how to fix it and to, you know, ask for, you know, what we need to, and then that probably also brought you more hope for a while, too, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I think one of the things that I've always heard from my guides is really the worst thing that we could ever do to a being is take away their hope, you know? So if you have hope that something can be changed or fixed, then, you know, it, it brings in this whole their light or this whole their spark that kind of ignites into your future so that, wow, something could change or the right person tells you what to do or the, you know, somebody magically shows up and points you in some direction or money shows up or a new relationship or whatever that is. But that spark of hope, like, oh, I can change this. How do I fix this? That's that's awesome. And I think I think one of the greatest things that you taught me, and I, and I see this in so many people, and I still work with it in myself, you know, every day, is how you talk about guilt being the lowest, you know, form of energy on the planet. And I have also noticed, um, you know, in how I tend to analyze situations or, or negative emotions, that along with that judgment, you know, comes guilt. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, one of the things you said to me once is, you know, if you're going to eat the cookie, eat the cookie. Don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> um, and uh, that kind of become a mantra for me that I'm very attuned to when I'm feeling guilt. Um, and I will oftentimes restate your little phrase of, you know, if you're going to eat cookie, eat cookie, don't feel guilty about it. And I think in addition to, you know, having hope is to train ourselves to not feel guilty. Yeah, so I had to overcome that a little bit in my own life. What I discovered was I had this feeling, this internal belief that I was somehow bad or wrong or not right. And I really had to work on overcoming a a lot of that guilt stuff. And I think a lot of religions and things like that infuse that energy in us. 
Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm suggesting that, you know, that makes it fine to engage in any kind of behavior. And I know somebody listening to this might say, well, you know, I did such and such a year ago, and I now know, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do, or, you know, I hurt somebody, or, you know, and, and I feel badly about it. But um, I think, you know, the, the message is, that rather than feeling guilty about it, you know, you should say, I made a choice, and that wasn't a good choice, and now I'm making another choice. Right. Um, and so it's, you know, still changing your behavior and looking for ways to always be a better person without feeling guilty and judgmental about yourself because, you know, from your point of view, you know, something happened where you, you know, didn't do that. And then I guess the last, you know, technique uh, that I learned from you that goes along with these others that really helps is, you know, point of view. I mean, you really taught me that there were a lot of situations that I'll perceive, and for whatever reason, I initially perceive them as bad or negative or not good. And I've also, you know, learned you know, to stop and, and ask for another point of view, you know, and it kind of energetic expression of the concept of, you know, there's a silver lining in every cloud and, you know, everything happens for a reason and a lot of good comes out of things that we initially perceive as being negative. And so just using your technique of asking for another point of view has caused me to not get so upset or anxious or depressed or angry about the situation, but just to be more accepting and let things be as they are. Yeah, I know that's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up because, you know, seriously, our, our soul, if you, if everybody kind of looks at it this way, that your soul, your higher self loves you so much, it will bring to you that which you need, even if it's to transform it. You know, when people say, hey, I want to live a higher vibration, you can move there. But sometimes what has to happen is your soul has to show you what's in the way not as a punishment, but as a, hey, you got to change this. Like, this is in the way of you going to where you want to go next, which is a higher vibration. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really excellent point of view that you can, you know, look at it like, wow, I can change this. I can move somewhere else new. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it, you know, frequently it's just a matter of asking, you know, what's another way that I can look at this? Um, and frequently now when I ask that, get an insight because, you know, this really isn't a bad thing. And, you know, and then like you're suggesting, sometimes it helps, you know, lead into the reflection of, okay, if I don't like this choice or this situation, you know, what can I do to change it? Yeah. So Lawrence's techniques on uh, living a conscious life <laughs> and having a heck of a lot of fun. What I love about you, Lawrence, too, is when he first called me, he had kind of been in a transition. So you actually didn't really have your life set up how you wanted it. And within a few short months, you generated like, uh, how many people were at your one birthday party? You like, I think a year later, right? How many people showed up at your birthday party? Uh, almost 100. Yeah. So you went from like being in transition, being in a new place, not as many friends kind of around you to a year later, you're happy fitter, you know, more fit, doing yoga, and you got like 100 friends at your birthday party. <laughs> yep, it was uh, quite a transformation. <laughs> and you're uh, working less time, making more money. 
<laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so honestly, you know, for those of you listening, the whole point of my teachings is always, 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 you know, it's not about what I can do, it's about what you can do. So it's like, you know, take everything you can learn from uh, the tools and techniques and apply them to your life just religiously and you'll see things change. So any other words of advice, Lawrence? <laughs> I think the I think the last thing uh, I would you know leave you with or leave people with is that uh, we are human, and no matter how good things get, we have bad moments, you know, bad times, you know, bad circumstances. But I think what's so incredible about what you do is that you do provide people with tools, and so even when you know I may your things are not going well, I have this entire toolbox of ways to handle it, deal with it, analyze it, fix it, that just has relieved, you know, so much stress and anxiety and, you know, allowed me to be so much more calm and peaceful and content on a daily basis. You know, it's like knowing, you know, if your car breaks, you know, well, it's okay, you can, you know, go get it fixed. And I think that's the Yeah, because life happens and stuff happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, what I really get from you, Lawrence, is you just actually feel empowered that you don't really ever feel stuck in anything, that you know that there's some tool, some energy, some question, something that you can do differently to get yourself out of it. Which, And uh, that's what I'm hearing you say. Is that true? Yeah. And I think that, you know, brings me and would bring anybody a much greater sense of joy and peace and, and contentment. Yeah. Know that those tools and techniques are always available to us. Yeah. And so in consciousness, you know, uh, awareness supports us using those, you know. I mean, the whole thing is I really do believe at the end of the day the universe is set up to help us. <laughs> we might need the key a little bit, have to know how to jiggle the lock, but ultimately the universe is set up to support us in that way. All right. Thanks, Lawrence. Love it. <laughs> Thank you, and thanks for all you've done for me. You're a great, great teacher. Oh, thanks. You know, you taught me a lot as well because, you know, I got to see, I got to really see somebody use the tools and take advantage of things and change their life. And so for me, it was equally, if not more, a pleasure, you know, helping you. <laughs> I get so much joy when people go do things. You know, it's so exciting to me. I love getting phone calls back like, holy crap, it worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's fun to me. Well, thanks. Awesome. All right. Thank you.